I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Mixing her passion for chemistry with her love of skincare, Ali Reid is the founder of Stratia, a skincare brand built upon her own meticulous research into the simplest and most effective ingredients. Stay tuned for a truly motivating story. Hi everyone and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs who built some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder, keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to help and hopefully inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you're an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, it's a delight to introduce your guest for today, Ali Reid. Ali is the founder of Stratia, an obsessively researched skincare brand driven by her scientific curiosity into just how skincare works. Joining skincare forums on Reddit and exploring ceramides, Ali created Liquid Gold, which is known as Stratia's hero product. And I love how Ali was a chem minor in college and initially took a different career path, but retained her passion for science. It hasn't been easy navigating the shifting beauty scape over the pandemic, and yet Stratia is continuing to truly flourish, and I cannot wait to hear more from the woman behind it all. So Ali, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. So Ali, the first question I have to ask, which I ask all my guests, is in a nutshell, who is Ali? That's a big question. Um, I think I am a person who is motivated by curiosity. You know, I want to learn everything I possibly can about everything that I can. And and I think that's where the best ideas come from because when you're curious, looking at the world, you're always trying to innovate. It's where we, we do the most to make an impact. And you've done that with Stratia. And before we get into how the brand came to be, I would love to just kind of go a bit back in the past. And if you could tell us a bit about your journey before Stratia was born. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I mean, I think I have a unique relationship with skincare in that I was one of those, those monsters in high school who was naturally perfect skin. Um, so, you know, I didn't do any skincare at all. I would, you know, when people would ask me, cause I had great skin, people would ask me what my routine was and I'd be like, just wash your face in the shower with a loofah. And, and you know, like, what? that was my, 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Don't do that, by the way. <laughs> um, so I didn't know anything about skincare, makeup, about hair care. I was just kind of, you know, off in my own little planet. And then in my 20s, that routine started catching up with me. I started, you know, seeing a lot of, of skincare issues crop up. So um, I wanted to learn as much as I could about skincare and was starting essentially from a blank slate as an adult. So I, you know, took to bear all of my science background to research exactly how skincare is formulated. How does the skin work? What's the interaction between the two? You know, what can I even expect my skincare to do? So, um, you know, I was reading the wonders of the internet, you know, peer reviewed journals of, of dermatology and, you know, the American Dermatology Association has a self-teaching module on their website. Just, I tried to learn everything I possibly could, got to a point where I was really well educated about skin and skincare, but found that it wasn't, that wasn't helping me shop for my skincare routine at all. You know, that skincare was so opaque, you know, you're only really getting, information that's filtering through the marketing department. You know, what what the beautiful people in Neutrogena ads are saying, which like wasn't scratching that scientific itch for me. So, um, you know, I took my chemistry background and all this research I'd been doing and decided to just cut out the middleman and start formulating my own skincare. Initially, 100% just for my own skin. Um, so just making products that aligned with the research I was reading to, to know that they were actually working. They were actually doing what they said they would do. Um, eventually got to a point where I had a couple of formulas I thought were really good, worked really well for my skin. I figured I'd start a little side hustle on the side of my full-time job. Um, and it didn't stay side hustle for long. It just word of mouth. People tried it, loved it, shared it. And now here we are. So I love how the journey from kind of starting it as a side hustle to now a huge business taking over literally the world. But the name itself, I just find is something, it's so catchy. It's kind of like the Uber effect when, when you think about a name. And how did you come up with the name Stratia? Um, I, you know, Stratia is so science-based, you know, that we are so focused on efficacy and, and sort of how skincare interacts with the skin. So the there are several layers of the epidermis, the outermost skin layer, and those are the stratum corneum, the stratum granulosum, the stratum spinosum. So they all start with that stratum prefix. So I took that and then changed the end so that it's not a real word, and we're the first thing that comes up when you Google it. I love that. That is genius, and, and that's where you can tell your your scientific background came into play. Um, and I didn't even clock that until you just said that, and it makes so much sense. It goes back to my biology and chemistry lessons <laughs> um but did, did you find like um in terms of like trademark registration like no one had this name no one thought about this no there's strata is a word um you know it's sort of the, like stratification um yeah. but stratia is not I didn't see it anywhere and, and now you know you you created the brand the name and you had the prototypes Liquid gold, which I've just heard so many people rave about, which is clearly, I mean, I, I guess I'm, I'm right to say it's your hero skew, right? Definitely, yeah. Um, and I love how it started as like prototypes and kind of going from recipes to an actual product. How did liquid gold really come to be? Liquid gold came out of um, some studies I'd read, in, and one study in particular studying the ideal ratio of ceramides, cholesterol, and fatty acids. So those three components make up the majority of your moisture barrier, which is sort of the 
this fatty mixture that's filling in all the gaps in your stratum cornea um, and is keeping it waterproof, keeping it healthy. So it, it is naturally made with ceramides, cholesterol, and fatty acids that your body produces. Um, when it's damaged, it causes dehydrated skin. So skin that can't hold on to its own moisture, it's letting stuff out, it's letting stuff in, it can cause premature wrinkles and redness and sensitivity and breakouts. So, you know, there's a lot of stuff that can go wrong if your moisture barrier is damaged. Um, and so I read a specific study on products with a, a different ratios of ceramides, cholesterol, and fatty acids, and which ratio um, brought about the greatest healing and reinforcement to the moisture barrier. I uh, thought that was fascinating. And I so I took that ratio, and that was kind of where I felt so compelled to make my own products, because if I'm making it, I know it has this particular ratio. So made this ratio, you know, of ceramides, cholesterol, and fatty acids, added additional ingredients for barrier healing and repair, like, you know, hyaluronic acid, niacinamide, things like that. Um, and then it's called liquid gold because it is this sort of bright orange color, which is 100% natural from um, the sea buckthorn oil. And so we use, I used sea buckthorn oil because it has a really unique fatty acid profile and, and the types of fatty acids that were in this study about, you know, ratios. Um, and sea buckthorn berry oil is one of the only, um, it has a really unique fatty acid profile. It's also bright, bright, bright red. So it, you know, it was a nice side effect that it created this really unique color. And, and I love the fact that when I went to research about the brand and also the products, there is so much education and you've obviously just explained so well why these ingredients and what the, the benefits are. But I love how you made it so accessible, this knowledge, all your learnings, you know, studying chemistry, et cetera, to now bring it to the product world. Um, did it find that at the beginning, was it hard to find that balance between education and like marketing, you know, because some people don't really know much and they don't, they don't know if they want to know much because it's hard, it gets scary for them. So how did you find that perfect balance? And I have to add, I love on your website, you have learn before about, and I think that's so smart because you really put education very importantly near the beginning. Yeah, yeah. I think Stradia, you know, I've always, my goal has always been to create better educated skincare consumers overall. And yeah. if they, I think a better educated skincare consumer will choose Stradia, but that's not the goal. The goal is not to sell products. It's to create, you know, people who know what skincare does and how it works. Um, and yeah, there, there was in the, at the beginning, there was not a balance between education and marketing because I am not a marketer. I am the world's worst salesperson. Um, we didn't do any marketing for the first like three years until I hired a marketing director. Um, so for the first few years, it was just me like sharing fun tidbits that I thought were interesting. Um, and then when my marketing director came on, she was like, you have really locked down this group of people who you know, are getting their, their basically online skincare PhDs. What about people who like, don't necessarily have the time and interest to learn, you know, the scientific names of the, the layers of the epidermis, um, which is very valid. And I'm very glad that she, she's still with us to make sure that we're, you know, making it a little more accessible. So I think, you know, their marketing was never a thought for me. Um, so I got very, very lucky with Stradia that people bought it and shared it and told their friends about it without me having to do any marketing. Um, because if they didn't, then nothing would have happened. So, um, yeah, I think I, I have very consciously hired a team to do the marketing to balance out my 
education obsession. I think, I think that's actually really important because I think the consumers today, they can smell the, you know, the BS from a, while, a, a mile away when it comes to marketing. Mm-hmm. So to start the core of the brand with education, you know, kind of first, I think is so important. And that word of mouth, which happened for Strati at the beginning became because of that. So it's so important that it was this way around, I feel. Um, a lot of brands are the other way around. It starts too marketing driven and then they don't last the time because people start realizing and the reviews don't, you know, it doesn't, you realize it becomes more about the branding and not about what's inside. So the right way is done. And, but of course, as we both know, having brands, you need to market it. You need to make more audiences. You go into retail, this and that. There's a whole gameplay that unfortunately it might not be our super passion because we just love inventing, creating and educating, but we need to also reach the masses as well and let them, you know, benefit from the ingredients that you're, you're trying to bring to them. Absolutely. But I do want to know a bit about, you know, liquid gold we touched on, but you've got an array of incredible products and how did the NPD come to be through your, is it like you in, in the, in the labs just going crazy or was it like a thoughtful approach of which products fit the routine? Um, I think a combination. There is a a lot of me going crazy in the lab that really we can't pretend that that's not what I'm doing. Um, So I think, you know, but when I formulate, I am the sole formulator. Every product in our line I have personally formulated start to finish. And my process is, you know, it starts on paper with I think about, you know, I tend to think about either a specific ingredient or a specific skin concern. And then it's all kind of built around that one thing. So for example, the most recent product I formulated um, was our night shift, which is a retinol night cream. So I knew I wanted retinol. So it was built around that. So the ingredients, you know, that retinol is sort of doing the heavy lifting, but since it can be irritating, I made sure there were a lot of soothing ingredients in there and made sure that it was you know, a heavy, like a a really rich nourishing cream since it was a night cream, you know, so sort of building around a specific goal, specific ingredient. Um, So that all happens on paper. I make my best guess and then I try it out and it separates or it's weirdly chunky or super greasy. And then it's so I iterate until I get to a point where I feel like I have a good version of it. I feel really happy with it. And then I reach out to, we have a list of about a thousand people who have signed up to test my prototypes. So then I'll make a bunch of samples, send it out first come first serve. It goes out in an email blast. They're all claimed in like 60 seconds and then send it to them. They test it for 30 days and then give me a very thorough feedback form. And then I iterate based on that. So I think that's really important because skin is so unique to each person that I can test and test on my own face and it'll be great. And all that tells me is that it works for me. So making sure that it gets on the widest variety of skin types, skin tones, skin textures, skin concerns as possible, makes sure that it is actually working. Um, So then after all that, finally, I have a product that I can't improve anymore. Then I put it in stability testing, which takes several months, and then I can launch it. So it's a very long process. It takes a long time. So it's been, that's why we have a really limited product lineup, because I want to make sure each product goes through that process. And when Stradio launches a product, you know, it's really good where there are no throwaway launches. So that means we're, you know, we add things pretty slowly. Um, but it also means that each product is super, super intentional. So wait, let's just pause on that because I think this might be the most interesting thing. Have you have you, so is it true? You've created, you've formulated all the products on Stratia. It's you. Yeah. Yes. That, okay. That's a number one. That's that's insane. That's amazing. And I've never actually, I've done so many of these podcasts and there's not one founder that's done that. So that's just a pretty 
incredible. And B, um, like, I do want to ask, because it's not really to do with the products, but in terms of your mindset, what was it that made you say, look, I can formulate, because there's amazing formulators out there in lab, you know, people in the labs, but they end up formulating for other brands. And sometimes it's more money, less risk, less stress, right? How come you decided, no, I'll formulate, but I'll create my own brand in the process? I think because I did it the other way around. You know, I wasn't planning to launch a brand. And I think maybe if I had been launching a brand, I wouldn't necessarily have had the confidence to say, no, I can be the formulator. You know, mm. I, I definitely have struggled with imposter syndrome every step of the way. Um, I started formulating my own products. And then I was like, you know what, maybe I could start a brand, just a little tiny brand to sell these products under. And so at that point, I was already formulating my own products. It was already my own thing. And because for the first couple of years, it was just me, I was not just formulating, but I was manufacturing those products. So there wasn't, you know, it, it, and it would have been, you know, I started it out of my own fairly meager savings. So there wasn't like, I didn't have the money to pay someone upfront to develop products for me. I just did it all you know and even today the fact that you said you formulate it all i know you're also your system how you make things we have a little anecdote but we were initially going to record a few weeks ago but you were in your warehouse office lab everything all in one it was a bit there was a bit some background noise but i was like this is insane that you work where you make your products where you distribute your products and that's already a whole story in itself so can you just tell people about your whole setup? Because it's so inspiring. Yeah. So, I mean, so it started out when I launched, the day I launched Stradia, I made a whopping eight bottles of liquid gold to print for the launch. And so I was just, you know, making it in my little like countertop setup. Um, as Stradia grew, because, you know, we're bootstrapped, we, you know, we're just kind of growing each with, as we would sell products, I would reinvest that into the company you know, it just kind of kept growing really steadily. And so I would just keep growing the manufacturing setup and trying to MacGyver a lot of it together without, I have no manufacturing background. So I was just like Googling and asking and going to conferences and then just like, I bet this would work. So, um, you know, it, it, it kind of grew with me and I've now gotten to the point where it's a very, it's a very legit setup, very different from when I was, you know, doing it in my, my kitchen, little, you know, mobile chem lab. Um, and so we, yeah, we manufacture in-house. We have a, a new, we moved into our new space a few months ago in, in downtown LA. Um, and so we manufacture on site, so we'll make a batch, bottle it, you know, prep it for sale and then send it off. This is, that's insane. And I think a lot of people listening who are wanting to or hoping to start a brand that will really inspire them because that investment route initially is either really difficult or also off-putting because, you know, to give a big chunk of your company at the beginning um, is a bit scary and, you know, it's a bit easier sometimes or nicer to like just bootstrap and feed it along the way and then later maybe take investment. So what was the kind of um, timeline to this? Like how many years did it take to now, you know, set up your own infrastructure you have today? I started working on Stradia about like, you know, gearing up to launch a brand about six months before the actual launch, because the actual launch was so low key, you know, it was just posting on my blog. Hey, by the way, I have a store now. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, we got to the point where it was a really robust setup, um, probably about three years after launch. Um, 
you know, where it was where, you know, those first three years was a lot of just desperately trying to keep up with demand as it was growing. And so I think 2019 was we launched in 2016. 2019 was about the point where I started to sort of get my feet under me and could uh, get that infrastructure in place where we I didn't have to be, you know, manufacturing 16 hours a day, you know. Did you have a lot during the years, the last three years, especially like a lot of interest from VCs, PEs to take it over, to, you know, to buy or to have a percentage? Did you have any of this? Yeah, we've definitely had interest. No one has been interested in taking it over because I think it is, it's a company that at this point, it relies so much on me, you know, on me manufacturing, on me, you know sharing there and doing the education component, you know. Um, but we've definitely had a lot of interest from investors and a lot of interest from retailers too. Yeah. In the first few years, we were approached by just about every major beauty brand had to make some really difficult no's because I think being direct to consumer has been such a strength for us. The ability yeah. to communicate so directly with our customer to really own that that line of communication. And because Stradia, I think in a lot of ways runs counter to a lot of the trends in skincare right now of, you know, we are not the, you know, quote unquote, chemical free brand. We are very based in science. We use ingredients that maybe have a bad reputation as long as we know like that, you know, that the, where their reputation is based on misinformation, we will gladly use those ingredients. Be If we know and have, that the the science and research behind it supports that they are safe and beneficial. So that means that we, you know, I think don't align with this sort of the, 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 the clean beauty fad, I will say. Um, Definitely. So I think we wanted to make sure that we can communicate that as a strength rather than a weakness. And in some beauty retailers, that would be, you know, we just wouldn't get the clean the clean at Sephora check mark, um, no, exactly. as opposed to really using that as an opportunity to educate people on those ingredients and on skincare formula. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive in June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which 
is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Definitely. And I think it's really important. I think D2C focused brands, they're putting the consumer at the forefront, not necessarily the bottom line or like, you know, sales, because that's where the retailers would come in to just really amplify that. So the fact that you've actively made a decision to stay D2C, to honor a, the ability of the brand in terms of the capacity you have, but also the vision and education, which I think you can truly only do properly with D2C because I'm in many retailers and even with my products, which are, you know, Ayurvedic, have a lot of storytelling, a lot of education because half the ingredients or most ingredients, no one's have heard, can't even pronounce, let alone I've heard of before. And it's really difficult to get that through when you have limitations on product pages or ability to talk to consumers with limited shelf space. So I think um, what you've done just shows you really put your consumer first and you continue, you know, continue to do so. So mad respect for that. I think that's awesome. Um, but of course, there'll be a time where as you grow more and more, it, would retail be um, something you would consider opening later, especially to hit new markets? I think so. Yeah. I think the the reason I had to say no early on was I didn't want to be, you know, the where, you know, a retailer is bringing on a hundred indie brands to churn through them and find the three that work. You know, exactly. I want to make sure that Stradia has enough of uh, you know, market recognition and and that we're bringing so much to the table, a lot of like, you know, rabid Stradia fans that we, you know, we can approach it more as a partnership rather than, you know, the retailer sort of t- tossing us whatever crumbs and where yeah, we have exactly. to kind of take whatever deals on the table. And I think you said something super important, which I think needs to be addressed is going into retail. A lot of the time it is fortunately or unfortunately for those who, may, who are recognized or not recognized, it is that kind of like looking, launching is pretty okay anyone can really launch in retail in some form whether it's online exclusive or this and that but to stay to grow it it needs obviously that sale and the market recognition but it needs investment from the brand to like invest in being part of those heavy sampling programs and co-ops and you know you need a whole budget line that sure if you have unlimited money on tap or a great vc investor with a line of credit of 10, 20 million, that sounds great. But if you don't, it's a cost. And, you know, your Stradia kind of diehard fans, they would be at the expense of that because you'll have to invest more money into those things and getting new acquisition and not necessarily nurturing your current. Um, So I think the timing is super important. So any founders listening, just make sure you're doing what's best for you as the business and your cash flow current needs, but also with your consumers in your mind, if you've already launched or you want to launch, because there is a big opportunity cost there. And I'm sure Ali, you'd agree, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's, that's been, because I mean, one of the major pillars of Stradia is accessibility, which means keeping our price point really affordable. Um, And you have to build in so much room in your price point for For not just, obviously the retailer is taking, you know, buying it wholesale. So you have to cut, 
X person, major percent of just what you're selling it to them, but also expenditures around, you know, trade spend around, you know, buying your own uh, displays mm-hmm. in each store, you know, with buying, paying people to buy cupcakes and take them to the sales associates. You know, exactly. there's just so many expenses built into to being in a retailer. And even like testers and returns, which we have to count for and add normally like two to 3% on our margin. Like all these things you got to really think about. Um, and then you go international and it's about currency conversions and tax and import tax and shipping, whole gameplay. So I think uh, timing, you know, it's not about necessarily slow and steady, but it's about the right pace for your vision, your brand and your you know, your ability, what you have access to as a founder. And everything is right as long as you're learning, growing and, and enjoying the journey is what I say. Um, because you could have a million dollar brand, hundred million dollar brand or a billion dollar brand. As long as you're enjoying it, that's what matters. Because I can tell you, when you leave this world, that brand will not be with you. You'll be gone. So as long as you leave with memories and good, good, good experiences, that's the most important. And founders forget that. I think having a brand, it's always about this like comparison, catch up, never being content. But sometimes I just really would urge anyone having a business, just take a step back and are you enjoying it? Because you're making hundred million or one million, that enjoyment is pretty much the same. It's, it's neutral. It's, you have to feel it. And many people don't, so it's important. Yeah, I, I definitely have struggled with that a lot. I think, yeah. you know, it. you get in the mode of thinking of the business as its own entity that needs to be constantly fed. And it, it's it's growth is the only thing that matters. But it all, all a business is, is the people who run it, you know, exactly. like there's no real point in, in growing it if everyone hates every minute of it. it oh, couldn't say it better myself. And I think... I mean, especially me as a podcast guest speaking to founders, imagine the amount of like, sometimes I'll finish a call and be like, wow, that business does uh, this revenue. This one does hundred million revenue, like, whoa. And they've been here for two years and I've been here for two years. And, you know, there's a lot of comparison that you can do, but instead the changing of mindset can be the difference between just doing the right type of business or going astray and getting carried away. Um, But I do also want to touch about, um, you know, the pandemic, because also speaking about mindset and mindfulness, it's been a very tricky and difficult time for many, but also an opportunity for many businesses to change, be agile, and even adapt to the digital transformation. So how was the pandemic like for Stratia, especially as a D2C-focused brand? It seems to be like the right place last year. Yeah, I mean, and and on that same note of separating the business out from the people who run it, yeah. for Stratia, the business, it was great. You know, yeah. we were already... D2C, so we were online only to begin with, so we didn't have any retail impact. Um, and I think during the pandemic, people spend a lot of time staring at their face in a mirror and, you know, maybe building new skincare routines that they didn't have before. So Stradia grew a lot during the pandemic. For Stradia, the people, um, it was it was tough. It was um, because I there's nothing that matters more to me than my employees' well-being. And so it was really important to me to make sure that they were safe. So basically everyone went home, um, worked from home for, you know, a year and a half, except for obviously we did manufacturing in-house. So um, I was at the point where I was doing the physical manufacturing in Q1 2020 was when I was planning on training an employee to take over manufacturing. That didn't happen. So for, you know, from March 2020 to about March 2021, I would go in at, you know, before dawn, manufacture a batch 
and then I would leave and then my employee would come in and bottle and prep it. Um, and then I would go home and work a full day. So, um, you know, so that I didn't want to have multiple people in the office at one time. I didn't want anyone to feel or be remotely unsafe. Um, so I, I felt really good. Like I, I wouldn't change anything. I would never want to put any employees at risk so that we could make a little more skincare, yeah. but it was absolutely exhausting. I can imagine. Uh, and especially if the business grows and then not having that full access to things. And I don't know about your, um, kind of a lot of brands, especially Well, I, I launched my brand during the pandemic. So I knew business only during the pandemic, but getting components and roars, it was a nightmare with just shortages and delays. Was it um, something similar for you? Yes. Um, it was funny. In the very, in like March of 2020, I, you know, there was such a shortage on hand sanitizer and, and lab supplies. And I was like, oh, I've got this fully stocked lab. So I used everything I had. I made a ton of hand sanitizer because I had ice cream, alcohol, distilled water and, and a gelling agent. So I just like made it, gave it out to people in my community. It was like, you know, doing what I can, donating a bunch of my stuff to our local hospital. Um, and I was like, great, awesome. I can get them through this. And then two months down the line, I was like, okay, now I'm out of all that stuff and I have nowhere to get it. (laughs) I was not thinking long-term. So yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of panic shopping, um, (laughs) trying to desperately find, you know, isopropyl alcohol Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, And yeah, the supply chain has been a nightmare. I'm no different for me than from anyone else. In your defense, like we had no idea, like every month we took it month by month, right? Back then it was like, is it going to get better? Maybe it's going to get better. But then, yeah, we didn't expect it to be like a year and a half kind of, well, it's still going on right now, but you know, think touch wood, it's getting better. Um, and it's nice to see the market and people and just everyone out and about a bit more with obviously some cautions and some restrictions, but it's still way better than last year. Um, and you know, one thing what happened a lot during the pandemic was changes in kind of routine and I would say daily rituals. So what is like your current rituals that you do for success in business and your personal life? I think honestly, a lot of my rituals have evaporated (laughs) Um, with the changes in, you know, the the pandemic and then coming out of the pandemic to some degree. And now, you know, a lot of us are back in office because we're all fully vaccinated and, um, I honestly, I think this is, I hadn't thought about it, but this is a good reminder to rebuild some of my rituals. You know? I, think that, well, I think also the honesty of that is, that, I mean, same with me, A, having a brand, being a founder, B, changing the different, like, you know, before we could go to the gym, now we can't go to the gym. Uh, and as the business grows, it's just, it's hard to find the balance. And I think having no routine is, no consistent routine is okay, as long as we're just mindful of, are we also being healthy in the process? And I think that's the most important. But when you have a growing business, is also the time to, people say, why didn't you sleep a lot? And I'm like, yeah, but now is a time to work. And I love it. And for me, I'd rather have two hours less sleep, even though people say it's not healthy, but I'm like, I love my job. And I'd rather give those two extra hours to my company, my employees and the business, you know? Um, and that's important. Sometimes, obviously, I try to go to the gym and do, you know, have my matcha and have my little meditation if I can. But I don't get too hard on myself. I'm not consistent every day and, and that's okay. You know, and it's yeah, just, absolutely. that's life. Um, so, you know, before we get into some fire round questions, I asked my guests 
it's kind of like, I'm going to change the question soon because now it's not as relevant, but I say TSA is opening up, which is already pretty much open. And I say, um, you know, you, they only can allow you to take one product from Statia. So what is that go-to product of yours um, that's your favorite? It's actually our lowest selling product, um, which is Fortify, our facial oil. So I have super, super dry skin. Um, and, you know, there are products where like, Night shift, I use all the time because it's such a great all in one. But since it's a retinol product, it's not something you can use like multiple times a day. Um, but Fortify, honestly, it keeps my skin healthy, even in dryness. It um, It's super non greasy. And it's also something I can use on like irritation. I could use it as a hair oil. You know, it, it's just such a multi use product that works so well for me that, yeah, that's definitely my like, I can bring one product. That's it. Oh, mate. I, I love. What, why is it this is it is it just because it hasn't been pushed a lot by you guys because it's an amazing product great reviews maybe you just have all products are amazing but why is it the lowest selling i mean yeah, i i'm biased so i don't know if you're <laughs> gonna get <laughs> the right answer from me because but i think all of our products are amazing like we don't have any poorly reviewed products exactly um so i think it's just you know a facial oil is less exciting maybe sure. than than some other stuff yeah but you know it's interesting how it's going to change i think we even noticed when we created our brand like we thought oh, hair oils won't be as strong as shampoos but then you'll see how quickly the market's changing with education and and just learning about new products that like a pre-wash hair oil for example with ours but um i'm hoping with this podcast a lot more people will go and check out the the fortify face oil because um we should you know if it's ali reed approved well everything's ali reed approved but if it's ali's favorite you must have it in your, in your arsenal, in your beauty, in your beauty box. Um, so we'll go to now some fire round questions, which I ask all my guests. So the first question is, what's another beauty brand that you're currently loving? I kind of always have to say Paula's Choice to this answer. I just, I, I feel like I owe them such a debt of gratitude for paving the way for really like science-based, high quality formulations. I think that there are a lot of sciencey based companies that don't spend the time on making a really elegant, nice to use formula. And Paula's Choice really does. Um, and I think, you know, they've got, you know, they're, they're great standards of the AHAs and BHAs, but they're also coming out with some really interesting sort of booster formulas, things like that. They're constantly innovating. I think they're a really, a really wonderful brand. I, I do love Paula's Choice. And quite a few founders in the podcast have said that too. So there's definitely a lot of mutual love for the brand. Um, Second question, what is a guilty pleasure of yours? I, it's, it's the TV shows that I watch. The amount of time I spent this summer not just watching Bachelor in Paradise, but going to the <laughs> Bachelor subreddit to like read people's thoughts about it. Um, I do not want to count up the hours I spent. <laughs> I love that. And I think I love how the brand you, I mean, Reddit seems to be a correlated thing that you love. Is it, is there a reason? I mean, cause it's consumer based, it's, it's organic, it's authentic. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I've been a Redditor for over a decade. It's just, it's the social media platform that appeals to me. You know, I'm yeah. a writer. I never remember to post photos on Instagram. I don't, you know, I'm not a visual person at all. So yeah. Reddit just, I just find it really interesting. I love it. You can dive deep on everything and get so into it and it can get so specific, you know, like, yeah. um, so I just, yeah, I think it's great. I think you're going to probably have already answered my next two questions, but I'll ask them anyway. Uh, what are you currently watching or reading? I literally just finished Squid Game. 
Amazing. Um, Amazing. Which was great. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I am rereading um, the uh, uh, Kingkiller Chronicles. Uh, is that the, I don't know what the, anyway, The Name of the Wind is the first one and Wise Man's Fear is the second. And so I'm rereading those for the eight billionth time waiting for him to finally publish the third one. Nice. And what's your favorite social media platform? So I think maybe Reddit, but tell me. Definitely, definitely Reddit. If, if that counts as social media. I think it does. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, but I've actually, I feel strange doing this as a woman in her mid thirties, but I feel like TikTok has become the thing that I open up the most. I never post anything. I've never made a TikTok, but the algorithm is so good that literally all I get now is, um, people doing resin pours of D20 dice, um, <laughs> people sharing their like customer service horror stories mm-hmm. and horses and dogs. And so I'm I like, what, what more could a person want <laughs> out of anything? I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I, I'm, I wish I was, people used to come to me saying, oh, you're a social media king. I'm like, okay, but now it's all about transitions and these videos and I, I have no time for it. I don't even want to try it. So I'm like, I'll be a TikToker as a viewer as a consumer but i cannot be a creator although sometimes i'm like i'll be really good for the you know for the brand and my personal branding if i just be a tiktoker and have a million tiktok followers but i'm like no time for it no time for it (laughs) and my last question is if you weren't a beauty entrepreneur what would you be doing so i mean i don't know probably i would still be working as a copywriter because that's what i was doing when when but my dream if you know post-Strania and I have the time and money to pursue anything I want, I want to get a PhD in paleontology. I want to be a dinosaur weirdo full-time. Ali, what? Why are we just discovering this now? I'm the, the biggest dinosaur fan. When you come to London, come to my home and I've got a baby T-Rex life-size skeleton. It's four meters by four meters in my flat. And That's you probably amazing. will see around 20 when I say obviously dinosaur skeletons, they're all fake, but like you'll see 20 around my house everywhere. My house is full of dinosaurs. And anytime anyone comes over, they always say, oh, my, my, my baby, my two-year-old would love this. I'm like, okay, but you know, why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, thank you. But <laughs> Yeah, when I was in fourth grade, I did a, a report on John Horner, who was the consulting paleontologist uh, on Jurassic Park. And, yeah. and then I wanted to be a paleontologist for the rest of my life, basically. Um, and so I am, yeah. I am oh, very, very into dinosaurs. Well, when we meet, I'm, I'm coming to America soon, so hopefully we can meet in person. Um, and if you come to London, we need to just just talk about dinosaurs for a bit because I think that's just I insane. Don't I don't get dinosaur talk in oh my, my life. God. Okay, done. This is so exciting. <laughs> I'm annoyed because I'm going to wrap this up. I feel like this conversation could just get started. But I think for another another podcast, not for Founder yeah. Beauty. For your, um, for your dinosaur podcast. Dinosaur, maybe we should do one later and just try to find yeah. dinosaur lovers around the world that are... Um, Sounds great. Yeah, secret dinosaur lovers. But thank you so much. It's been such a pleasure. And just hearing your journey and the fact that so many gems, the fact that you've created all the formulas in-house by yourself, you continue to do so, you're D2C focused and you've just done it your way, the Stratia way, it's amazing. Um, Where can everyone follow you or the brand and the socials? Yeah, well, following me will be very boring, but you can follow Stratia at Stratia Skin, S-T-R-A-T-I-A-S-K-I-N, everywhere. That's our handle on Instagram, on TikTok, on, uh, on Facebook. Um, you can go to our website, stradiaskin.com. The learn section that you mentioned um, has all sorts of 
very long articles I wrote about the science of skincare. Um, yeah. I've long but fun and really good visuals, way better than any class I went to in school. So yeah, definitely go check it out, guys. I'll leave all the hyperlinks in the summary so it's easy for you to check. Follow Strategy Skin and Ali, just thank you so much for everything and we'll see each other very soon and we'll talk about dinosaurs. Can't wait. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The secret to visibly firmer, summer-ready skin is here. Osea's number one best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity and transform dull, dry skin to silky, soft, and unbelievably glowing. Rich yet never greasy, Andaria Algae Body Oil is formulated with sustainably sourced seaweed to help replenish the skin's moisture barrier and seven nourishing active botanical oils for results you can see and feel all over. The best part? It's signature scent. A blend of freshly squeezed grapefruit, cypress, and mango mandarin transports you to sun-kissed summer days. This all-natural scent is unforgettable. Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Get healthy, glowing skin for summer with clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu dot com code GLOW.